a lot of fights. This podcast contains content not suitable for children. Be touching. You know what? For the sake, for the sake of my editing, yeah, let's fucking just let's just see what happens if we have to treat everything that happens in this zone right now as the episode. Now that is an interesting concept. It gets stressful. Um, it gets stressful. Like we can't if if at any moment, if at any moment we stop talking, we all blow up. It's just like speed. It's just like with speed. It's true. It's very much like speed. The movie and the drug. Thank you. Thank you for picking up that with with speed. Well, so I just exhaled into the mic. I've got to be honest, but that was mainly just a sort of um, sigh in response to the sort of general everything going on. Oh, um, thank you for bringing that up. That's a good thing you should mention. Now that we're at the top of the episode, we should mention the environment in which, in which we are recording and what's happening and what what we are doing as individuals. Do you want to, do you want to t- tell us about that, Red? Yeah, I just I think that it's important that um, look one one thing I think that I've I've tried to kind of repeat to I'll admit most of my more um, uh, liberal if, boyfriends. If, if well, okay, I'll, I'll put it this way: and you know liberal what? girlfriends. Let's just Don't let's just buy a razor. I'm sorry. Let's let's just let's just sort of uh, uh, cut cut and dry this really quick here. Um, the thing I've been saying to every person, regardless of their lean, has been to remember that we are all Americans. And that regardless of which way you swing, um, politically, sexually, day, emotionally, whatever way you got to swing. Yeah, whichever way you swing, one of the things that has really gotten away from us, I think, in the last 60 years... Uh, Good, maybe you know, longer. Good, good date range is safe. I mean, most people that could fact check you on that—they're not listening to this. That's good. I th- and, and, and I think and, Reagan was president sixty years ago. You, if you want to yeah, get something and, really and, depressing, go take a look at like the the list of presidents and like just see how short that actually is, and just be like, oh, well, actually, it was only a couple generations ago, and this is this is where we're at. Yeah, exactly. I, I just think that like it's important to remind a lot of us, hey you might vehemently disagree with someone's political candidate um, of choice, basically, and their, their preference in state elections, in presidential elections, etc. But one of the things that we seem to have really lost sight of is the fact that we're all citizens of the same nation. And um, while we might Guns have and Eagles, United States, on, that's the nation we're a part of. Yeah, we, we might all have different opinions on how this should be run on on what we should focus on, etc. One of the things I think that is very damaging to our democracy and very damaging to our ability to have discourse, um, it, it is this sort of viewpoint of other. Now, yes, there are some people out there who, on on the the scale of things, tend to want to eliminate your voice, and. Uh, I, I don't want to sound like someone who's trying to say, oh, both sides kind of a thing, right? Uh, of course, there's one side who, who who seems to be a little more vocal anyway about that. Um, but I think that it's very important to 
continue to speak to your family members, to continue to have those uncomfortable conversations. Um, that this, uh, I'm sure, is going to come back to bite me at some point if we air this on the podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Okay, here we go. Um, Buckle up. We attended a Black Lives Matter rally, and at one point, one of the things that one of the speakers said was to have those uncomfortable conversations, to continue to put yourself in those uncomfortable situations and have those dialogues with your relatives and your friends. And I think that that was a very important message. Now, maybe you know, I, I appreciate I, as someone who wasn't, wasn't there. I think that was a great takeaway and it's something that like, as soon as you said it spoke to me, Hey, let's have those uncomfortable conversations because we all want to kind of get away from it. I was not expecting such, such a wholesome and in-depth response. I'm really glad this was our way of saying this is happening on election night. And so politics are on our mind. You're right. And, you're right. You're right. Uh, we're coping by drinking buckets of alcohol. And so yeah. you might get a little sloshy, you know, you know, just just expect expect some slurs. And this is coming from guy who's king slur. So good luck understanding anything I say tonight. Um, slurring words, not slur words. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, slurring, slurring my words, That's not my people. Sick, Thank yeah. you for calling that out. Um, I think the, the, the main thing I was up. trying to get at is how does that word have those two meanings? That's weird to me. Because <laughs> English sucks. English so is terrible. The the point oh. I'm trying to I was trying to make mine just got blown is that we we may disagree, but we should never give up on discourse. We should never give up on discussing and hearing each other out, basically. And while yes, there are some people who maybe we disagree with, um, and we think that their uh, opinions are trash, <laughs> and and in some cases they are. It, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't continue to have dialogues with those people and 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 um and discuss i appreciate that because that is, is a very because it is a lot easier to just end those conversations you once you know you kind of know people who like have taken a stance far far away from yours and you kind of know that you're or you feel like you're not going to be able to find common ground with them. And so it's a lot easier to end those conversations. But by continuing to have the uncomfortable conversation, you're moving the needle, hopefully just, just a bit. So I appreciate that. And there's a, there's a difference between the kind of conversations that you should continue to have. Yes. There are people that will much, I would like to believe, and this might be a privileged standpoint, but I would like to believe that a lot of our family members would respect the things we have to say and would give us a little bit more airway if we didn't immediately jump to anger. But yeah. there are some distinct examples of time where you just, it is not your job to have a conversation with that person because it will only give them more airwaves <laughs> to spew their True. disgusting rhetoric. And I completely and agree is, with that. That is, so, and, uh, and I just did the worst thing and I'm just talking over you. Uh, it's okay. I wanted to mention, because this is very funny to me, I don't have that problem anymore because all of the family members that I would be arguing with, I have already removed my life for non-politically related reasons. And so it's kind yeah. of just ironically, people. the kind of people I've had to remove from my life uh, for non-political reasons are also the kind of people that I would disagree with on a political basis. So that is just kind of a funny, you know, little coincidence. Well, and, and I would say this. 
I've repeated this to several friends constantly who have called me out on my own errors because I'm human. I have pointed out to every single person. Continue. I've never changed my mind because someone yelled at me. So, yeah, that's probably that's got to be what 99 percent of people. I would love to find an example of someone that got yelled at and went, well, fuck, man, that guy was really loud about it. Maybe he has a point. The if only you like- thing that we uh, that we obtain through be get, by being bombarded by someone yelling at us over and over again is trauma, and that's why we're all in this situation we are in today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, um, that's kind of been my my thing is, um, give me the space to be wrong, and I will surprise you with my ability to admit it. That is very sweet. You're such a good person, Red. Okay. Well, before we spend the entire episode being political, we should decide or find something that we can we can do to get people's minds off of this. Although realistically, by the time you're hearing this, the the world has been the decided. Results the results are in. in. The world has been decided for us. Uh, vote sure, now on your phones. Make sure to tune in at the end of the episode because we will have alternate endings based on how this election Sweet will go. Sweet Mother Jesus. 538 wow. already did that, so uh, they beat us to well, it. I don't care if the... So the idea, most of my ideas will have already been thought of by somebody else. I'm sure if you would have taken a Laura alone living in the wilderness, she would have invented the wheel. She would have invented bread. She would have then gone to invent, hold up, sliced bread? Oh, damn, this is the best thing since but bread. But what about a thousand Lauras in a, in a forest in the wilderness? What would they create? So much <laughs> corn. Um, um, we won't get into but, details. What what but, I, uh, no, 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 no. This is a PG-13 podcast. Uh, it contains content not suitable oh, for children. But maybe, a little, maybe a little late see, with that warning, I think. <laughs> right. And so I just think it is it's not and it's not a thought that benefits anybody by, you know, and I'm not saying that you're doing this, but like, oh, somebody thought of that already. That means I can't have the same thought because there are seven billion people in the world and there are people that are going to have the same way of thinking that you are. And so I think that you should just flourish and try and make the best of your thoughts. So if we were to do that, I think it would be funny. It's like if. This old man won. How would we react? Versus how if this old man won, how would we react? I really like it a lot. I I would love to do it, and part of me wants to just put them both up and will not alternate the endings. But maybe we do. To see how much content we make tonight. Uh, you reminded me of something, and while we're just while we're just riffing and talking about shit, uh, I have this weird thing that I do sometimes, and not being a parent is what makes this weird. I just think about how I would teach my kids. And one of the things I thought Mm -hmm. the other day was about uh, just what you were just talking about, which was the non-unique creation and basically teaching them that uh, art is derivative and that nothing you create will be unique. And that's okay. It's okay to take input from everything that you've got. It does not have to be a unique, never before seen thing. Just take what you love and change it a little bit, right? Like just, Now, that has to go along with, like, there are some hard limits, obviously, around that. I learned that the hard way in my life. And, like, there's some things that people go, oh, this is not okay. You don't do this, right? Like, this is not a, this is not actually taking something and expanding on it. Like, you've just 
copied it, right? It's just the same thing, mm-hmm. and that's not okay. But taking inspiration and just finding stuff you love, like that's all that's all humans do. We just find, we just take inputs, we tweak them a little bit, and they go back out, and that's okay. Yeah, one of the best lessons I've learned as an artist, and I use that term very loosely, Mm-mm. is that references are always that you should always have a reference. No artist ever does anything just from their noodle, or at least not anymore. If that's what you would strive to do and like to do, fucking go for it. Absolutely do whatever makes you feel better. But if you are like, oh man, I don't remember what a fucking koala looks like, and I'm trying to draw a dope-ass koala, you better Google that shit. (laughs) There's so many pictures of so many cool koalas. On the other hand, I would love to see someone's interpretation of a koala that couldn't remember what a koala looks like. I would like to see that. (laughs) I love those memes where it's like, I tried to draw this thing from memory. (laughs) I did that with a frog, and it made me so happy. I could draw a frog. I think frogs make like, me happy in general. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. The Warner Brothers yeah. frog? Oh, is that copyright? We probably can't even reference that, huh? I don't know. Let's find out when they sue us. Honestly, We've succeeded copyright when they sue us. ruins art. I agree. Oh, my God. Let's not. We can't go from politics to copyright law. Come on, guys. Oh, no, you're right. You're, you're <laughs> That's actually, what this podcast right. is about. You're right. You're right. right. Of course. Of course. Sniper. <laughs> sniper. I just, I just, I think that uh one thing to me that i find fascinating is how often um creativity for so much of us um is stifled by us going oh i hope this is okay kind mm-hmm. of a thing right hold and, up and, someone's oh, done that voice before and hold up and maybe that's maybe that's um you know like i just said copyright Maybe that's something going, oh, I don't know. Am I saying this right kind of a thing? It's like just what I said earlier. Um, you should have the freedom to be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. the, the catch with that is you need to be able to admit you were well, wrong. Well, see, that's and that's, that's such an important point because I also mentioned earlier that there are limits. There are lines to what's appropriate. Of Take, course. for example, a comedian who steals jokes. Like, it's the exact same joke, and they're going to go, everyone knows that that's not right. Like, that's such a common thing, right? But when you start talking about a character or a voice, and then, like, maybe even going more abstract, like, just the concept, right? Like, you're talking about, oh, I'm the scared... Oh, scared character kind of sounds like this. Oh, it might might sound like a famous TV show a little bit, you know, that has a character kind of like it, you know? Like, where is the... The line is gray... And Red, I love your your statement there. Let me be wrong and let me correct it. It's all in the uh, I don't know what I don't know what it is. Give me so I, I ended up before I got space to, any point. to be wrong. Yeah, I have an interesting story based on what Michael just said, and I swear I will make it fast. But it is about comic books mm-hmm. and the name and the character of Captain Marvel and how it has changed throughout the years. Mm -hmm. So we know Captain Marvel today as Brie Larson's character in the Avengers. She originally was known as Captain Marvel, but back in the 40s when comic books were just coming about, I don't remember what the comic book company was named, but they had a character called Captain Marvel and it was not anything that became Mm -hmm. Marvel, but they were eventually sued because their Captain Marvel looked a little too much like Superman. 
Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the what that character was was basically what became Shazam. Oh, you know what's fucking funny about that? Which DC the first thing, DC yep. sued them. <laughs> I mean. DC sued them because they were like too much like Superman. It fucking threw this comic book company into the dirt because of all the mm, legal battles yeah. that they eventually lost because DC had way more money than them. And then DC took that idea for Captain Marvel and turned it into Shazam. See, and that's yeah. that is the actual issue. The issue isn't necessarily that there is copyright law; it's that you can win just by having more money about uh, you know around mm-hmm. an issue. That's where all of a sudden it's distorted. Now, now, no, hang on. I, I mean. Ugh. Okay, no, take your point. I want to hear it. What I find interesting about this 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 uh, debate here is that you can apply it to another character, though, too. Because I will point out, Slade Wilson from DC came first. And then Marvel created Deadpool. And they got into huge trouble because they were like, oh, a mercenary who uses katanas and wears a mask? That sounds familiar. That's not enough. Um, and and they got they got into huge trouble basically for it. Um, and it turned out I, I I'm probably getting this wrong here, but there were there was a lot more to the case. But point being, the idea that inspiration is somehow blasphemous now is frustrating. Yeah, because we we are agreeing everything. Everything, yeah, everything is derivative. And here's and here's why I'm else, not usually right? upset by it because ultimately, and we I feel like we've seen this a lot. It doesn't inspiration is okay because ultimately, the in, the person creating it, the the creator, that you can't steal. Like their ability to take the mm-hmm. idea for a character and execute it well and yes. execute it like accurately. That's what like you can't steal that from someone, right? If someone can take your idea. If someone can just take your idea and do it better than you, and the only thing protecting you is copyright, well, you weren't really that good at it. You just kind of, I don't know, lucked onto a unique concept. And I, as a, yeah. as a society, I love. I mean, I love that. Like, let's come up with unique ideas and be inspired by it. Like, if I was in any way creating stories, they're all going to rip off Dragon Ball Z. But I do what I I want to take it and make it what I saw is wrong with it. And I think that's okay. I can be inspired by it, yeah. right? As long as you are... Unless it's Isekai, and then get out of here. Get out of here with that there's, there's, There's been a lot of things where they talk about sort of uh, parody versus um, uh, conversation, you know, uh, discussion and, and things like that versus tribute. I think that it's, it's kind of silly because... Uh, without getting too into economics here, obviously, okay. the the idea to me is that like, um, y- y- you know, you compete to make a better product, okay, F- flat out. Um, and, uh, when it comes to art, we we hate to 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 involve economics in in there, and I think that I agree in 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 so many cases that that art should never be uh, uh, put into sort of a a sort of economic standard but at the end of the day does not the bard play for the crowd you know so in my mind um when when 
society has a group of people complaining about something being derivative, something being a blatant copy, something being blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Listen, if more people are going to see that thing, it doesn't fucking matter if it's shit, quite frankly. The bulk of the population has decided they like this thing, you know? And and so, um, to use personal examples here, beer. Everyone loves to complain about how much they hate how much IPAs dominate the market. Do they the still dominate? Reality, Is that still a thing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I haven't been drinking. And and the the reality of the situation is, it's because people are fucking buying them. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. The fact that you don't like them doesn't change what the bulk of the population prefers. So when you complain and say, I don't like Marvel. I think Marvel movies are derivative. It's like. That's fair, and you're completely warranted in that opinion. Unfortunately, the entire fucking planet disagrees. And, and, and I completely agree with all of that, and all of that is great. What is the issue is that once, it's not just that it got watered down, it's that that mega corporation mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. got, now owns that concept, and now can defend it. Yes. So like, I can't go and say, wow, man, Superman sure is watered down, and, and DC has done a shitty job with them lately. Let me go make a Superman-ish story. I can't do that, right? Like, that's what I can't do uh, with that exact character. And, like, if I get too close and I have to deal with copyright, it's more about locking it down. It's more about they... Now, it's it's the company took it and now they own it and now they're going to fend everyone off from, sure. like, actually taking the story. And that's, that's where the issue is. I agree with you there. I just want to point out when everyone tries to say this shouldn't be popular. It's like, that's a stupid argument. It's, it's a stupid cancel culture. Yeah. It's a stupid argument to be like, this shouldn't be popular. No, you need to convince the, the majority that they are. Yeah. Wrong. I mean, I think, good I mean, fucking, it's a learning, it's luck, a learning moment. Like if at know? any point you go, yeah. this shouldn't be popular, maybe you should take a step back and be like, why is this popular? Right? Like, cause obviously exactly. this is speaking to a lot of people and maybe I don't understand what it is that they're they're experiencing that makes this a good, a so good thing. Maybe in, it wasn't made for me. Yeah, it's exactly. not made for my demographic, and that's yeah. okay. Brilliant. So, for instance, for instance, yet again, I'm gonna I'm gonna air an unpopular mm -hmm, opinion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I didn't enjoy Captain Marvel. I never saw it. Laura so I can't, and I. Can't I on this one. Laura and I have also had several dialogues about it where I've admitted, I also know the movie wasn't really targeted towards me. And I know that, and I can respect it as a movie and know that it, it spoke to a lot of people and it meant an immense deal to them. So I'm not going to go out there and say, it was a shit movie, I didn't like it. You know, it was garbage, basically. I'm not going to say that. What I am going to say is, I personally didn't enjoy it. Well, isn't that a, that, and that the, isn't that a, another and, thing that comes up that is like kind of frustrating? Where it's like you can't let people enjoy something that they liked. It was like you got to get exactly, out there and get really exactly. upset about it. It's like, hey, can't exactly. you just accept that wasn't for you? It wasn't your movie, and that's okay. Like enough people were there to like make it financially viable, and you know you don't need to go on a crusade because, well, I won't go into because my takeaway <laughs> with that movie was that for every for every little girl, for every little female identifying person who watches that film 
and is inspired, I sit there and go, shit, that's exactly how I felt as a young person watching Spider-Man. And why would you want to take that from them, right? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe maybe other people watch Spider-Man and go, this is a fucking dumbass movie. (laughs) And that's okay. You know, maybe they didn't like it, okay? I certainly have met a few people who felt that they were tired of seeing a white superhero. And I get that. But you have to understand that when you're a scrawny little shit kid in middle school and high school, and you have a superhero who represents you, who is bullied, and then he's given a, a, a unique opportunity to, to be the dude, but at the end of the day, he's still just a kid. That is an empowering story. So I look at Captain Marvel the same way. I look at it and go, well, I'm a, I'm a fucking 30-something-year-old adult white male. <laughs> yeah, Captain Marvel didn't speak to me. Shocking. It wasn't designed for me. It was designed for every little girl who wanted to be a superhero. Yeah. I can't fault that. I can't say the movie was shit. I could just say that there wasn't a moment in the movie where I felt spoken to. And And that's okay. I also want to just point out as a very minute detail, it didn't just inspire little girls. I think superhero stories are for everybody. Mm -hmm. And people can spot and draw inspiration from anything. And I think that they should be able to. And that we... Yes. The reason why people feel the need to shit on things they don't like is because the only thing they feel like they can control in their own lives is their opinions. And that's why it's so hard for people to change their mind. Mm. Because if they... What they view as right and what they view as wrong are swapped or, you know, not what they thought of in the first place, then that means that their entire being as a human being has been misguided. And that's a really hard conversation you have to have within well, yourself. That's a, I mean, not yeah. even just, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's dangerous. Once your opinion becomes part of your identity, I mean, that's the only thing where, like we all have to be careful of because like what now, if someone disagrees with your opinion, they're disagreeing with you as a person, right? Because that's part of your identity mm-hmm. now is that like, Oh, all uh, all female superhero superheroes are bad, right? Like it was like, okay, well now I can't try and discuss that with you because that's going to be against w- this weird. And most of the time, you don't realize it's become part of your identity. But I think it's exactly what you're talking about: your opinion becoming your identity. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's I'm it's, opinionated it's, instead of I have opinions. Exactly, and what's ridiculous too is that like um, I loved Wonder Woman. In fact, Wonder Woman is my favorite DC movie. I couldn't give two shits about Aquaman. <laughs> I love I love Jason Momoa, but my my favorite critique of of Aquaman was I'm sorry, we cast Jason Momoa heartthrob Samoan and then we had him keep his shirt on for the bulk of the movie. <laughs> Put his if, shirt on to jump into the ocean. It's like it's like look most of us knew why we were going to see this movie. We were going to see this movie because we love Jason Momoa. And if there's one thing we love about Jason Momoa, it's when his <laughs> shirt is off. Can you imagine? Okay. Could you yeah. imagine if that movie did not have him? I mean, it, obviously, I don't think it did great. But I don't know it, who I mean, you would have cast. It doesn't matter who it, I don't it know. I genuinely it don't know. It could have been fucking... I, I mean I don't know Ben Larry Stein David. it could have been Ben Stein <laughs> and I wouldn't I wouldn't like I still wouldn't go see it yeah 
He would have no, like true. like like I I think that I think that the uh, a lot of the design decisions were what the downfall was of of Aquaman. But point design being, decisions and not I, story decisions cuz that counts that counts as the okay, same thing okay. synonymous right. in my mind. That's why I was Wonder asking. Woman to me though was an incredible movie start to finish um plot line and everything i loved uh, everything about it i don't want to get into spoilers even though it's an old film now at this point old film it seems disingenuous it's three just, years old just what point don't being, say what happened just say what the movie is sure when they announced the sequel i was genuinely excited because i was like Wait, to what I'm, movie i to wonder woman to wonder woman and i i, I was genuinely excited now um, this is not me saying that again. This is not me saying that Captain Marvel was bad, but I just felt like um, there's some things sometimes with Marvel that gets a little ham-fisted. So it's, for Marvel instance, is the ultimate corporation, right? Like obviously everything they do is going to be yeah. super corporate. So I mean, going. I mean, yeah. it's not a surprise yeah. that that something they do is going to be ham-fisted. Like, oh, guess what? Female superhero. Here we go. Like, I mean. Right. Especially right. Marvel now, because now I feel like we're just critiquing superhero movies, which I am super about. <laughs> but this is, see, the, by the, the way, the, the this should be our episode. Yeah. Th- this should be the episode. Well, so hang the, on. Actually, really quick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Laura. I want to hear your point. I want to hear your point. But I want to preface this really quick. You can edit this. No, we can't. I told you. This is all in. <laughs> okay. I think we should do two episodes off of this. We should have us dialoguing right here because I think this is incredible. But I think this should be separate from us doing skits. Good luck. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's okay. see how much content we make. Now, Laura, go. So the point I was going to make before she was so was rudely that- interrupted. Thank you, Michael. Um, so the difference between, say, Iron Man one. And Captain Marvel is that you can even just like w- look at the Iron Man movies mm-hmm. and and really see when Marvel took off and needed to Disneyify itself mm-hmm. because one of the main things that Iron Man and Tony Stark deal with are his alcoholism. But Disney cannot have an alcoholic superhero because that's not under their rhetoric, under their good Christian leanings. Fucking tweet at me. I don't have Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> Careful, careful, we have a podcast Twitter. That's where it's going to go. Oh, that's true. Um, So they they were like, we can't have an alcoholic superhero. We can't have a real-life problem that people can relate to that this person canonically deals with throughout their entire I can't possibly relate with that. Exactly. Glug, glug, bitch. (laughs) And so they were like, so they were like, okay, so... He's going to get over that real quick. Oh, yeah, he now has post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, how is he going to get over that? By having a savior complex, like Jesus. Uh, And then now we take Captain Marvel, who also deals with a lot of the same kind of problems. The the, the alcoholism really isn't one of her things, but she's a veteran, and, like, she's seen some shit, and she's done intergalactic warfare for fucking... eons basically and so it's like but we can't have that we have to have this watered down bastardization of actual story elements because that's considered too racy by this company 
who refuses to say that about themselves and will toss in little nuggets at points, but then they'll take them back whenever it's, it's a PR. And I appreciate you bringing that up so much because I completely forgot that one of the central tenets of that character was that he was an alcoholic, right? Like that's why what's kind of yeah. what made the whole Robert Downey Jr. casting was so perfect as him, right? Like all of these things, the redemption story, and I completely forgot. Yeah. And to be and to be completely frank, if you look at Jack Sparrow's kind of decline in adequate storytelling, you know what he definitely you know what pirates are? Pirates are alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And why is the rum gone? That was his biggest thing, and that's why he got so much notoriety, right? Do you ever see him drink another thing ever again? No, you don't. Nope. See, now I feel I like we're say, looping count, back. Now, we're looping back. Okay, I'm ready. I will go back to you because I'm interrupting ca- you. But, like, I feel like we're looping back, looping back to the copy, copyright law, and this is where it gets dangerous when a large corporation gets a hold of a character because it's no longer yeah. a single vision. It's designed by committee, and it's safe, and it's predictable, and it's all the things that ruin it, and that's why people get upset yep. about it. Not necessarily yep. about the copyright law. It's that it's held by some corporation you can't fight. I'm sorry. Red, go. I'll... I'll, well, okay. What? Uh, hmm. I have two points because I want to build off what you said, but I also had a, 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 another thing. This is shit podcasting, but who cares? It's just <laughs> us recording. Um, uh, first, I'd like to point out that uh, if I can throw a positive in the ring Please. there, one of the things I've really enjoyed about this implementation of Spider-Man, because yes, which, I am which, which huge, one is this? Uh, homecoming, okay, 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 okay. Y- you know, uh, far the, from yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. the far from home. Tom Holland implementation Tom of Spider Man. I love Tom him. Holland. I kiss him on the forehead. Um, I, I've Me loved too. every, I've loved every implementation of Spider Man. Obviously, I was not a fan of Spider Man three, uh, or for that matter, two. Um, but I, I, was still, I also I was, Andrew Garfield I was, still, was I was still in for two. Andrew Garfield should not have been forgotten. He was fine. He was acceptable. Yeah, he and was I great. I wish he, there he was got nothing more love, wrong with but him. he did disappear between yes. the two. Um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, um, to me is, is perfect in my mind. Minus Aunt May, I really think, I really think that's the only thing they went, when you're interrupting me. I'm so sorry. I'm so, (laughs) younger and hotter every time. Aunt May's going to end up being Spider-Man's sister in the next reboot. I I was going to say, I do agree with you. Aunt May needs to remain old. It feels weird that she's so young and that they're making her hot. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. Point point being, what I love about the current implementation of Spider-Man is that he keeps being like, I want to be an Avenger. And Iron Man keeps having to tell him, you're a fucking teenager. We are fighting aliens from outer space. You need to sit down and calm down, basically. I love that because that's always Spider-Man's whole fucking deal is that he wants to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but he also wants to help. And everyone keeps having to remind him, you're a fucking kid. Like, that is so great to me because it, it, it's, it just captures so much of our youth where we want to help, we want to be involved, we want to do these things. And a lot of the times, we got to be knocked fucking Well, and that's what's so fucking great reminded, about it is right? that, like, not only is it that that story just resonates with all of us, but there is a yeah. there's a bit of a collective subconscious here where like we've a lot of us know Spider-Man, right? And we know the stories mm-hmm. and that his character is kind of based around kind of this realistic trying to be a superhero, trying to love 
you know, trying to love this person and all this stuff. And the, the fact that he's a superhero gets in the way and he just gets burned again and again. And so when yeah. you bring it into this, you know, whatever reboot we're at, like you're just going, hey, buddy, no, that makes a lot of sense. You really should just like take it back because you're only going to get hurt. There's nothing good for you. It comes from a place of good. Like he wants to help. He wants to be a part of all this stuff. But you know there's nothing but yeah. pain waiting for him based on all, all yeah. the prior stories. And that's there's so many layers to what makes that story so good. And part of me goes, well, they just kind of got lucky with that. It's not necessarily that they planned for all of those layers because Disney. But, well, you know, it is good. And that's what um, matters. Right. So, to, so to touch on the, the other thing, though, this is my second mm-hmm. point here. Um, Laura makes a great point in that we we have entered into a realm of production with a lot of cinema and storytelling that tends to try and sanitize things. We don't want to have anything controversial about any of our characters. And it gets frustrating because a lot of us are like, no, human beings are flawed. You are setting up an unrealistic expectation for people. Um, this is absurd. People are alcoholics. People are addicted to things. People are flawed. And while that doesn't mean that they are wrong or evil or bad or anything of those things, it's, people. it's disingenuous to show them yes. as anything other than Completely that. Completely agree. And See- Exactly. I And so I, wait, uh, so when it comes to as, Laura's as eyes Laura went, pointed uh, out 360 uh, into the back of her skull. Yes, 360. 360 When it comes to for instance showing pirates as anything other than alcoholics oh, yo-ho, yo-ho. by your own admission though, Laura, one of the other things pirates were known for is rape. Super super rapey. That's really pirates aren't. I mean, we agree the pirates aren't to, good people, to, right? Like we've already sanitized yes. them a bit, yes. and like we grew up on sanitized Disney pirates. Like you have to agree, like that's part of why we kind of enjoy it. So like, there's some level of us being, I guess, hypocrites here. Yes, I don't know. but but that is not to say that you can't use them to tell a story, mm-hmm. yeah. basically, right? And. And, of course, romanticize the past a bit. But to what degree you do that is what's in question here, basically. Right. And and the thing that I think is the root of the problem with what you're talking about is the fact, and I will say this as a person who has worked in the alcohol industry, I think that while AA is a very great program that helps a lot of people. And while I think that definitely alcoholism is a huge issue in this can country. I, can, I, can I interrupt you for a second? Because I've heard from yeah. someone who might be somewhat in the industry that AA is not even super effective at what it's supposed to set out to do. That's what no, I suspect. You are suppo- it is completely, I'm sorry, it is completely <clears throat> funded by the person that is court-ordered to be in AA. They have to pay for the initiation. They have to pay for all of the classes. They have to pay for everything that goes into it. Yeah, like, and yes, it. and I know that's not the point of what you're saying right now, Red. But well, it's also corrupt. I, I didn't have any evidence to 
back that claim up, so I wasn't going to make it. Um, so thank you for, for making it for me, I suppose. But the point I was really more trying to make is that most of the time, these AA programs uh, tend to villainize uh, sort of any consumption of mm-hmm. alcohol. Now, yes, if, if, you, if you have a problem... <laughs> Um, I don't think you should ever be considering the idea of, well, maybe I'll get to a point where someday I can consume this again. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't think that should ever be a thought in your mind. So yes, complete and total uh, abstinence from the consumption of alcohol, um, et cetera, um, should, should of course be your focus in those moments. But I think that in my experience, like I said, given the industry that I work in, the interactions that I have had with people from AA has always been very like, what do you do for work? And I say, and they just kind of go, oh, well, I'm an alcoholic. And I go, great, that's the end of our conversation. We can't talk anymore because you've established right here that there's nowhere to go from here. And when they try and backpedal and say like, oh, well, no, no, it's okay that you, it's like, no, you're already trying to to undo what you've said and what you've done. And I don't blame you, the individual, because of course I want you to remain clean. I want you to keep on your path and keep focused. But because of the sort of doctrine that your program facilitates in order to keep you on that path um i can't do anything because that's my job is to make the thing that you were addicted to and so it's very uncomfortable for me and it's very difficult for me to talk to someone who is an alcoholic when it's my job to make alcohol and i think that that's one of the things that i find most frustrating about aa is that Anytime I encounter someone who's been through the program, I basically have to be like, we can never be friends because there's straight up nothing. I think, I and I do. think you would agree with that. I mean, in the sense that like, I mean, it's the villainizing. And I think, I think Laura brought this up. Like it doesn't even matter whether you worked in the industry or not. Like if someone is taking that extreme of a position, you go, well, but I, I'm going to drink tonight. Like, I'm letting you know that right now that I'm doing this, right? Like, and you're going to feel like worried about him as opposed to coming from. And a place I'm wrong. Of- I could be wrong, right? I could be completely off base. I'm just telling you as far as uh, my yeah, this, personal. This, do you want to let Michael finish? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't yeah. really have too much to go on other than like, I really appreciate the programs that are more based on, Hey, this isn't a, this is just a thing we all kind of deal with. Let's just try and mm-hmm. give you more control over what you do with this thing. Uh, but that does not work for everybody. So again, and none of us, no one on this podcast, let's be very clear, is a trained professional in this issue. So please do not take this of as course. medical or professional advice. This is just us discussing as people. But uh, Laura, I feel like you had a point there or something you wanted to mention. Um, I just want to say that it, it. I think that we are speaking in, we're, we're drawing general, large, broad strokes when it comes to a very personalized issue. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying in my experience, especially with people who have had addictions, that there are people where it is a trigger for them because that was either their coping mechanism or just a habit they ended up having that haunts them to this day. And that is a very common 
yet extreme response to addiction as a whole. So I think that more often than not, people are going to be like, well, if it's okay, I would just prefer if we could just not, if you could just not drink in front of me or we don't have to talk about your work, but they're not in a state of if you, you know, say that you work in a distillery, I'm going to fall apart as a person. And that's totally fine if somebody did that. That just means that they were still going through their recovery, which is something that in terms of, of healing from an experience like that, there is never a stopping point. It's -hmm. always something that's going to be on your mind because that's always how you're going to have to try and tackle it. My thing is, is that our society is so completely dependent upon alcohol and other and other things that are highly addictive to get through the day because like michael eloquently put it's something that you can control and you get out of control and so when going back to my original point about tony stark and jack sparrow when people thank you for returning back to the point let's let's bring that back so thank you You're welcome. The title of this this podcast theme, by the way, should be I Could Be Wrong. (laughs) I like that. Um, But what I'm trying to get at is that the the people that are in charge of these corporations that are in charge of the content that we can consume are so completely entrenched in their own personal rhetoric on what is appropriate. For things to be shared, especially with things that children might see, which let's be real, children are going to see everything no matter what. We all know the the very sheltered homeschool kids like there's nothing wrong with homeschool kids, but, you know, those 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 children that have unfortunately never been exposed to life before in in terms of the nitty gritty, in terms of the tragic, in terms of the sad things that can happen. And then you can see them break. But even people that have been sp- exposed to that over and over again will still have the same reaction because we're all people. But what I'm saying and what I'm trying to get at, get at is that I don't believe in political correctness. I believe in being socially responsible. Mm, I like it. You will not sh- you will not show rape scenes to a child. Yeah. You should absolutely discuss the concept of racism with a child. Because a lot of children in our country will experience racism at a very, very young age. Oh, yeah. Age. Well, can I, I, can think, I take a I hot, think to hot take, take for you? Yes. And I want, I'll get to Red's next. Because uh, I feel like I am uh, in some ways representing the corporate side of it. Like, I work for a very corporate company. Uh, and, like, I'm a, in a point where I, I'm in a, enough of a position that I get to see a lot of that. And if I were to take my analog over to Disney, none of those people individually do I have any issue with. It really just comes down to the dynamic of uh, creation by committee and just the way when you're sitting in a room, any one of those people you could ask them like, no, yeah, let's talk about that's appropriate. But when you get to the corporate scale and everything has to go through these layers of approval and just like, oh, let's talk about it. And no one wants to actually make the uncomfortable point of like oh we should show this here's why no one takes that like it's very it it Mm -hmm. is very rare to find that strong personality the only way that happens is when you have one person designated with the i guess the story rights or the ability to go no i control this this is my story i'm gonna say it like i will take your opinion but otherwise that's it but that does not exist like for the most part for a lot of these stories and so when you get into that realm of we're going to create creation by committee that's what i was looking for 
like you lose that. And so you can't even blame any one person. It's literally just the environment of just this is a corporate structure and this is not where good or true stories can be created. Like they get there in with their lucky. That's about it. Um, sorry, I read you had a thought. No, no, no. Um, I, I, I was just going to say, I, I feel like we need to... Uh, do you want to halt the recording? I guess for now. Yeah, let's figure. Let's let's do this. We ha- we have to wrap this one up. We've we've got an hour of discussion. I think this is enough that we're gonna give we're gonna give people something. Maybe we have to put an asterisk on this episode and say, hey, this is a meta politics episode. We kind of yeah. said it at the beginning. Yeah. Hey, this is where we're at. We call that out its own thing, and then yeah, we can kind of discuss it as a group internally, and you know, move on from there. Uh, but otherwise, yeah. I think we've got enough here. Everyone, I hope you've enjoyed. What I'll we've just sort of say this. Discuss too. Yeah, I, just, I'm, I'm sloshed at this point, just so you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just sort of establish this uh, uh, as the as the showrunner, mm-hmm. pro- produ- producer. All um, the above. We don't have titles. <laughs> uh, Your title is Red. Red the Red. Um as the person named Red, I would just like to establish that... Um, that was good. As with most things in my life, I tend to fly by the seat of my pants. And for the most part, it tends to work out okay. Um, which I would consider a win with someone with anxiety. Um, so, um, what I'll just tell people is that um, this is, of course, as with anything and ever-expanding and always shifting and changing project. And um, our intent and goal at all times is only ever to entertain and to give people um, even a smirk at a moment uh, where they might not have otherwise had one. So we've created a new podcast as we're still trying (laughs) to flesh out the first podcast. and if 10 years from now, we all look back on this and go, wow, we were phenomenally successful with something that we came up with on the spot. I'm fucking cool with that. And if 10 years from now, the more, three of us are still doing this, I will be so happy. I will have done everything exactly. I've wanted in my life. That's that's it. I, I think there's been a number of plans. And I think that I'm not alone in this as a millennial. I think there's been a number of plans that I make where because it doesn't two weeks later immediately turn into a hundred thousand dollar a year job i I go well i failed i failed it didn't work i failed it's like that's ridiculous that's just the boomer subconscious in you trying to tell you what you need exactly and and so i sit there and now i want that to be character i'm just gonna tell you what the boomers want okay right because you just need to make a little bit more money and we'll be friends okay Bill if, Clinton, get it out was of here. Bill Clinton. Thank you. All right. <laughs> the, Bill Clinton mixed with Boomhauer. Yeah. The thing to me is is basically this. The entire purpose of this was to have fun and record ourselves doing it, and hope 
that the people listening to it, i.e., most of our friends, <laughs> and, and, uh, would and, sorry, go ahead, go would ahead. enjoy would enjoy what we recorded. Now, yes, if that turned into a greater audience, uh, all the better. Um, and and that's why I preface a lot of what I say with, and I'm fully willing to admit I could be wrong because I think it's important to sort of acknowledge the fact um, that. I'm just firing from the hip yeah. as I you know do what? with most and I things. Wanted, I want to take this moment. You know? I, wanted, I think all of us, we're doing this thing. We're do, we've, that, the fourth wall may have never existed as far as what we're doing right now. Oh, of course So not. I would like to take the end of this podcast to have just each of us kind of just maybe just speak a little bit. I mean, Red, you've done that. I just want to say I am anyone listening right now, if you, if you are listening to this podcast right now within six months of its release, Thank you. You mean a lot to me, and I really appreciate just listening to this and giving us feedback. Some of you have been doing that, and it really encourages us to keep doing this. So I really appreciate that. No matter what our format may be in the future, I just appreciate you. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know, Laura, do you have anything you might want to say? Or I know I'm just putting you on the spot right now. I want to also thank the people listening to this, whoever that is. Um, I care about you, and... (laughs) I hope that you are enjoying this because what we're trying to create is at least 30 minutes of time where you don't have to think at all. That's what we're really out here doing. Just giving you a safe space to be dumb. Let us let us be your coping mechanism. That's all we want. Yeah, yeah basically, that's all I ever wanted. Um, I also want to say, if there's anybody listening that is like, hey, maybe I want to try doing like a, a Twitch stream, or maybe I want to start doing YouTube stuff. Just fucking do create. it. Create. You might create people. Just, just do it. Who gives a shit? Who cares if it goes anywhere? Don't start it with an idea in mind of making a bunch of money or any money on it whatsoever. None of us will make money. The boomers have it all. So get that out of your mind. Exactly. Exactly. Money is money's not real. <laughs> Stephanie, money's not real and it doesn't matter. And you're going to still have to work at the fucking Starbucks to pay for your college loans, even if you get successful with the podcast. I'm just I'm just saying I don't work at Starbucks and I love Starbucks. I mean, that's targeted, but I feel like you did hit a demographic right there. (laughs) I absolutely did. Baristas usually have student loans. Anyway, please donate to my nonprofit. (laughs) Please give me a give me a venti check. For my grande loan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, Red, um, close us out. Let's the, let's wrap this up. I will close us out. Thirty seconds. By saying this. You're putting a time limit on me. I feel like I might need to with you. <laughs> You're just gonna. It's I love true. you so much, but I you can monologue, man. So let's give one minute. You got one minute. I don't even need that. I'll just <laughs> okay. say. I'll, I'll, I just was throwing a fit, but I'll just say this. Everyone who's ever done anything was a human the same as you. Whether they led a country or they started a podcast, they were a human the same as you. They had dreams, they had goals, they had ideals. Maybe they were wrong, maybe they were right. But the fact of the matter is, is they were human the same as you. And I think that if you want to record yourself being a dumbass for 30 minutes or an hour and send it 
to the whole fucking planet. God fucking damn, that's a cool ass thing that humanity achieved was the ability to spread your dumbass views to the rest of the world. And even if your dumbass views are the idea that the only condiment for a hot dog is mustard. Cool, 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 cool. Thanks for going light with that one. If you Um, argue that a hot dog is technically a sandwich, you're a bad person. You interrupted my monologue, but I'll allow it. Um, my my point being is, I agree with you. I think mustard is the only condiment you really need on a hot dog, and I'm here to validate you. So, consider yourself validated. And with that, good night. <laughs> That was fun. That was good.